3: On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM. Fight Night with Adam Catterall on TalkSport.
4: Welcome to Fight Night on TalkSport, your home for boxing and all things Fight Sports with me, Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis. It is Saturday night and it's all right for fighting. Sorry to quote a little bit of Elton John there for you guys. I thought I'd get stuck in, you know what I mean? You've got to give it a little bit on a Saturday night. Because Saturday
1: night's all right for fighting! You're,
4: you're actually dressed like a rock star today. You've got the, you've got the jacket on, you've got the, uh, the flowery shirt. Uh, you should have been a rock star in your past life, my friend, I'm telling you now. Next life, please. Next life. Next life. Bring him back as a rock star. I think in a past life you 100% have channeled something there, my friend. Uh, We've got a lot coming up for you on the show tonight. We are going to be speaking to Josh Kelly, who's challenging uh, for the Welterweight Commonwealth Strap in a couple of weeks in his his home area, let's just say, of the North East. He's a Sunderland boy, but it's Newcastle, the destination that we're going to be going to in a couple of weeks' time. Josh Boatze, lock up your girlfriends, boys, because the pretty boy himself is going to be with us. Josh Boatze, talking all things uh, light heavyweight, Uh, we are going to be speaking World Boxing Super Series a little bit later on as well with Carla Sauerland as he's made a big big announcement this week and will that make my top three I think it will make my top three are you ready for it let's find out what the top three are So here we go, the top three fight sports stories of the week. I think we've got to touch base with UFC Liverpool, Gareth. We were the we were octagon side last week. We got to see the rising of a superstar. Okay, the fight might not necessarily have lived up to all our billing with the karate expert against the Mai Tai expert, striker versus striker. We expected explosions. We didn't necessarily get it. We got a chess match, but the man that came out on top was Liverpool's own, Darren Till. Dana White himself now says he's taking him out of Merseyside. He's taking him to Las Vegas. 10,000 Scousers will be on a plane, no doubt, to go and enjoy that. What a performance. What an atmosphere. We have got. We could have the next UFC champion, world champion,
3: on our hands from, the, from these shores. No question. Darren Till uh, made a statement uh, in Liverpool against probably one of the most difficult stylistic opponents he'll ever have. He carried the, the whole venture he was the main event. Mm. Um, he really was for the whole week. He made the news um, uh, that, that there are issues around him. There were bigger issues that emerged afterwards, remember. He didn't make the wait. He was brilliant on the night. Um, but my takeaway is uh, a, a British star has been born following in the steps of Michael Bisping. But also, I think it's, it's raised... Um, worries about the, th- how much weight fighters cut. Yep. And I think he may have to move up to middleweight after two or three fights. He's got to have a title shot within one or two fights because that video that was put out, there was a ton of his team, him trying to um, get his weight down. It was very, very tough, Adam. And I think uh, the commissions are looking into mm. their procedures. It's very, very interesting. Number two this week. As Gareth alluded to there,
4: we're moving you in to... Michael Bispin's retirement I know that this is a boxing show predominantly but there's two big massive stories coming out of the world of UFC this week obviously Darren Till doing his thing it's like a change in the guard Gareth uh, because Michael Bispin blazed the trail here in the UK for mixed martial arts and he's decided to call it a day from competition after becoming the first ever UK world champion what a man and later on my friend I think it's quite obvious he's going into the Hall of Fame tonight
3: I think he's got to go in. I think you're absolutely We'll shoehorn him in. Yeah, no, he's we'll, got to be we'll in. We'll tell
4: his story a little bit later on.
3: Look, he, he, he's the, he was the poster boy of mixed martial arts, uh, or the UFC, in the UK for probably seven years. No one's come close. He's the most successful British mixed martial artist ever. Um, first winner of the Ultimate Fighter from overseas. Um try, try and try again listen he incredibly gifted but he fell short three or four times in Eliminators we thought he'd never win the world title but he went on to win it at short notice beat dan henderson another legend in a rematch he beat anderson silver in the uk these are massive names he's made a name for himself in america and he had to do it there if he'd been around now he could have been a bigger name generically here than he is he's a bigger name in america than in the uk i agree but not with fight fans
4: stick with us because he could be the feature of the hall of Fame a little later on in the show the
3: third and final big news story of the week
4: (laughs) back to the world of boxing now listen me and Gareth made noise about this. We, bat- we banged the drum. We said it can't happen. You can't replace the world champion in the World Boxing Super Series final. You heard us say that weeks and weeks ago. We said it to Callas Then, you got on your bandwagon, you got on social media, you made noise as well. Well, the World Boxing Super Series took note. It was a real thing, it wasn't a rumour. They were going to replace George Groves in that final. They've listened to you, and you have won. Well done you, well done them, because we are getting it. September is the date... Venue to be confirmed, we are getting George Groves, we are getting Callum Smith in the World Boxing Super Series final, and I'll tell you something, what a fitting end to Season 1. We ha- it had to happen, didn't it, Gareth?
3: Well, it's been a brilliant series so far. The tournament's the out for the Ali Trophy. Uh, it's been brilliant with the super middleweights, it's been brilliant with the cruiserweights. And, you know, to have had... They kind of teased it out there, didn't they? That yeah. they might use some um, Jürgen Bremer for the final or against Or Eubank Councilman, Jr. Or Eubank Jr. Mm. against him. And, like, the the, the the response, and as you say, the response we had uh, when you put it out and I put it out on our show, uh, and we, we you know, we, it would have been a huge PR blunder. Uh, the WBSS, Kamosa AG, would have looked really ridiculous. They've seen sense. It's the right final. He's had seven months to recover from that shoulder dislocation, George Groves, and we've got the right final.
4: Oh, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. How, um, how many times, by the way, this week have you sang Neil Diamond's Sweet Caroline?
3: It's gone around my head a mm. few times, mm. I must say. Um, it's... <laughs> yeah, it really was amazing. And and it's become an anthem, hasn't it? And uh, I thought they were very smart, um, the UFC. All Darren, pick- Darren Till. All Darren until that,
4: you know. Oh, was it? He, he wanted chose to do it. yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. He, he, he came to a, an event, a matchroom event, because mm, mm. as we've seen over the years, Eddie Hearn has used Rocky Fielding's walkout music because he saw it in Liverpool and they've used it in a pre-build-up to bringing out the main event fighters, haven't they? And the whole arena normally goes crazy for Neil Diamond Sweet Caroline. Um, Darren was at a Liverpool event, saw how the crowd reacted and he thought, when I do my thing in Liverpool, I'm going to change my walkout
3: music. Well, it's, fa- it's fascinating because I know that Eddie's a big fan of the way the UFC have, gl- have made their, yeah. their, their their whole show very glossy and they've it done it. Good, isn't they, it is good, It's brilliant. Oh, it's it, really it, good. it really is very glossy. It, it, it works so well. It's, very, it's a very oiled machine. But the, the the sweet Caroline at the moment captures the zeitgeist, doesn't it? it yeah. It's the zeitgeist for boxing because it's Joshua and eighty thousand people at, uh, at the Millennium Stadium or at Wembley, and, yeah. and and it's and it's that moment where the lights go down, the music begins. You know, Bruce Buffer's coming in, a bit and the <laughs> fighters are coming. Uh, so it, it's or Michael Buffer or Bruce Buffer, yeah, yeah. both brothers, of course, in UFC and boxing. But it, it's it was yeah. It's got, of course it's gone round my head, and it's gone round my head that um, I think that. One of the things that we're seeing at the moment is... I wrote a column about it in in today's Telegraph, which is, you know, tonight in... and we'll talk about this later as well, Um, the biggest kickboxing star in the world, Rico Verhoeven, who voiced Ferdinand the movie uh, in Dutch. Mm. um, It's it's taking 200 million at the box office. The Dutch royal family are are fans of his. Um, He is the standout in in kickboxing. Not a lot of people follow kickboxing on a big platform, but it's a time where we've got a narrative of fascinating fighters in the UK. Bisping's gone, Till's rising, there's a guy, Michael Venom Page, who's fascinating to watch, Anthony Joshua's on the rise. We've got loads of big names coming through, and I can see a big name through the glass right now. Mm. Um, who's going to join us a bit later? On no, he won't. Okay, fine. Okay, there's big names everywhere. Put it that way, and they're all rising without the narrative, without the without the narrative of these of these names of these fighters. We wouldn't ha- be. B- whistling sweet caroline when, mm. we, when we pick up the milk were, in the morning
4: were you impressed with the way that till walked to the octagon and i mean bear in mind this is the biggest night of his life the biggest fight of his life taken on at the time the number one contender obviously in the welterweight division underneath the champion and he's he's holding some type of karaoke audition for everybody he it was what he's going to a fight and he's stopping the crowd singing along waiting for the chorus I mean, such maturity for a 25-year-old bloke.
3: He works with a guy called Dave McCready, who works on um, um, the psychology. Yeah, of yeah. The, of the, he's a sports psychologist from Liverpool, and he's a very unusual one. He, you know, he's right, into, right down into the cells of a person, yeah. how they can fluctuate. And, 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 and I think a lot of fighters now, certainly the confidence ones, and Darren's a confidence fighter, um, they, they soak up that atmosphere. They take it in with them. I mean, I was really enjoying the facial expressions of the gorilla that he makes <laughs> while, while, he's, while he's focused on his opponent. I mean, he, he, the movement of his lips. And listen, when you were there, it was a compelling dance, rather like being at Tyson Fury when he beat Vladimir Klitschko. When you watch some of those events on TV and you're not a dyed-in-the-wool fight fan or sports, mm. or fight sports fan, you don't see the nuance. But it was, a, it was a compelling night, and he's really put himself on the map, and he did everything he needed to do. And you could see the delight, delight in uh, the UFC's president, Dana White, afterwards, that, we've got a guy we can bring mm. to Vegas now and we can turn into a star. And 10,000 uh, is along with it as well. Uh, right, do stick with
4: us. This is Fight Night on Talksport with me, Adam Catterall and Gareth Davies. It is your home for boxing, you know that. We're here every single week doing our thing. Uh, in studio a little later on, we will have Joshua Boatsy. Stick around for that. Coming up next, though, we're going to make a phone call to a certain little guy from the Northeast. East who's, um, well, he's got some good news in the ring and out of the ring. It's all coming next on Talksport. <laughs> Uh, You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall, and Gareth A. Davis. Uh, And I think it's only fair that we introduce our uh, first guest uh, of the show this evening. Uh, He's a man that uh, we've had on many occasions. Not only does he entertain us in the ring, but he entertains us on the phone as well, especially when he's uh, giving his missus a little bit of a jit for carrying trees around on their holidays. (laughs) <laughs> um, and he's a, we've even got some more lifestyle stuff to talk to him about because Josh Kelly's on the show. How are you, mate? You good?
5: Oh, happening, mate? I'm good. Yourself?
4: We're all good here, mate. Listen, first yes, of all, before we... we talk fighting in Newcastle on June the 16th, uh, we, we've got to offer you a little bit of congratulations, pal, because you've got a little Kelly on the way, haven't you, sunshine?
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a boy on the way, man. He's, he's coming through. So yeah. You're healthy, so that's the main thing, and yeah, uh, can't wait, that's,
4: can't wait. That's it. The soldiers are marching, mate. Well done, you, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs>
5: what I did oh, like, geez. what I did
4: like about the uh, the Instagram reveal, I don't know if you've seen this, guys, but the Instagram reveal, what they did, they had a little bit of a party at the Kelly household, right? And they get one of them big balloons, <laughs> and then they fill the balloon with either the colour blue or the colour pink to obviously reveal the sex of uh, the child that is uh, on the way and this clown this clown here gets himself one of them big pins gives it the gives it the big end obviously it's obviously it's blue and then the whole place absolutely erupts oh, me. Like the smile on your face when you found out that it was a, it was like relief lad it
5: was like yes i know oh, what i know what yeah. to do we you, lad there you go sorted i'm telling you the, the, the confetti was light coloured so i couldn't tell if it was blue or pink until it landed on the floor until it, like landed on the floor and then it became more blue and then I just went around, like I, I was, I was, I was buzzing. So nah, I mean, as long as it was healthy. But yeah. obviously, we all want a boy. So the boys like the boys. So it's all good. Exciting times.
4: God help your missus having two of you. Two two lads like <laughs> you running around the house is going to be a nightmare, pal. Yeah, I know that she'd be
5: great. She'd be great than me.
4: <laughs> <laughs> nah, in all seriousness, mate. Congratulations and hope she's uh, oh, well you. and healthy and what have you. And uh, what an exciting time. Um, that's, hey, obviously, that's obviously that's obviously life changing. In a couple of weeks. Um, we're going up for the uh, for the Commonwealth Strap, man in your hometown. How exciting's that?
5: Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait, mate. It's, great. it's been I feel it's been a long time coming to go back up to the um north east and box there. So I can't wait to get it on. I'm um, I'm in good shape. I'm really feeling sharp, so I mean Adam just wanted to, to be here now, so I cannot wait.
4: It's a fa- it's a fighting town, as Gareth obviously knows through not just boxing. But MMA as well, for years and years. I mean, me and Gareth were at the uh, MMA last week at uh, UFC Liverpool, and we saw what a hometown fight it does to hometown fans, mate. It's going It gets them the
3: result. Oh, mate. It gets them the result. Absolutely. I mean, it was a very close yeah. fight, Darren Till and uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I think the crowd swayed the opinion of the judge. I'm not yeah. saying that yours could be difficult against Chris George. I'm... But if you, if,
4: if you think about the actual ring walk, though, the ring walk moment when a hometown fighter comes out in his hometown it's crackers man you must you must be dreaming about Watch that particular man. moment have you got a particular tune lined up for him maybe a bit of fog on the tine or something like that get him going <laughs> um, we,
5: we, we go with the PYD you know that like the thing like, you know that <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's it. Bit Michael Jackson, bit of pretty young thing. You know get, it, get him in there. That's well, it. it was, that's I cool.
3: tell you what, it was a masterstroke last weekend in Liverpool because you know normally that Darren Till would come out to the Something in the Air tonight, Phil yeah. Collins, but he came out to Sweet Caroline, and you hey. could you couldn't you could kind of be, not be blamed for coming out to that song because it really does weirdly when we listen to that song in the seventies. Um, we went here. No, he, he's, too young, when, man. He, when he's too I, young, mate. He's too young for sorry. the seventies. What you doing? Li- when I <laughs> listened to that song, song. <laughs> <laughs> when, when <laughs> I listened to that song in the seventies, you never believed that that would be a song that you'd come out oh, to with these the massive fight, voice, fight yeah. nights, and it does get everyone going.
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, was, it, it was unbelievable. That ring walk. I watched it. It was, just, it was. Um, He's done well. He's done so well for himself. It's good, you, it's good. Have be, you, come from home, like
4: You must be thinking, though, that's me in a couple of weeks. When you walk out, pal, <laughs> the roof's going to come off because the Geordies, they've been gagging for this, are not they, for a long period of time. They've been gagging yeah. for yourself and people like Lewis Ritson to bring fights yeah. to the North East now. And now, here we go.
5: That's it. The North East, mate, all coming together for one night. So I think it, the, the football's divided. You've got Sunday, Millersburg, Newcastle. But when it comes to boxing, we're all fighting people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you said, Liverpool's a fighting city Newcastle and fighting they there's just working class people so we'll all come together for, for that night so I can't I, like I said I just keep keep saying I can't wait that and. Um Get my hands on him. So. And the other oh, great thing, God.
3: the other great thing for you, Josh. Of course, the World Cup's just kicking off, so there'll be this this kind of sporting flavour. If the weather's good and people really <laughs> want to start getting in the mood Thank for Daddy. that, they've got football in the afternoon. Yep. They've got you hey, in the Daddy, evening. Me. And and t- t- tell us a little bit about Chris George, though. Obviously, you're after the Commonwealth strap, uh, as Adam said. Um, what what do you know about Chris George? What what are the problems that he poses for you?
5: He um, seems quite unorthodox I mean, in the sense that he looks like... It, I'm not sure whether he, he said he had 30 amateur fights and then he's, only had, he's had 14 um, professional fights, but he looks as though he carries that sort of raw Australian strength for him like the typical Australians do, like quite raw bone and um, strong. But the, the boxing ability, he's not like a conventional boxer. When you, it's actually more difficult to box against a person who's more of an novice than boxing against... a um, a seasoned, seasoned professional because there's a certain rhythm and timing about a normal seasoned professional but obviously the novice boxers come in and they're a bit all over so he seems a bit like that I'm not saying he's a novice himself but he seems a bit like in, in that he seems put. he's not, he's not even got a certain rhythm so he's not He's not put together properly like in the sense that he step with a jab and they do normal things so yeah. I mean I think there'll be a couple of rounds of sort of failing out and stuff like that but I, I, I can never really See what's going to happen, but well, um, I think it's going to be a nice for everyone to enjoy. You know, right?
4: Listen, you know what's happening. He's getting it, mate. That's what's happening. <laughs> You're you talking about conventional boxers. You're far from conventional, power You belong no. on Strictly Come Dancing. When you pack this in, Strictly Come Dancing <laughs> are going to knock on the door, I'm telling you.
5: Oh man! I don't know whether Missy's be happy with that one. Make you come dancing, God! She be having a nightmare. <laughs> uh, can I? Can I
3: give you guys a little bit of a history lesson about oh, um, about go. boxing in your hey, granddad's I'm, on here now, Josh? Just watch it. your second son. Yeah, here I'm go. going. I'm go- I am because oh, I'm going all the way back to 1909, guys. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, oh, I, I met s- I met Josh's dad in 1909.
4: Um, 19... Not doing me a service. Josh's God, dad okay. weren't about in
3: 1909. I met Josh's dad at the. Anthony Joshua, Joseph Parker fights. Yeah. Your dad was there, wasn't he, Josh? And he's a handsome fella as well. And I, you're a I chip off lie. the old block. He is a handsome fella, and uh, we had a little chat. He was sitting there with Adam Booth's wife, have yeah. um, known for a long time, and um, um, he, he, he looks like a fighting man. But the the mm. the, the history of. Uh, boxing in Newcastle is fantastic and fascinating Mm. if you go back to 1909, St James's Hall, obviously we know St James's Park but St James's Mm. Hall was opened to boxing for a guy called Will Curley who was a very great Newcastle featherweight and I don't know, Mm. you might look into some of these names but there's some great names from the past, Mickey Maguire Jack Casey, Benny Sharkey, Billy Charlton Seaman Tommy Watson Yeah, (laughs) uh...
5: (laughs) <laughs> See, See, I love watching all the old fighters. That's what I do. I watch all the old school fighters like Willie Pep and all them. So yeah. I'll definitely be having a look. Well, there's, there's others.
3: Well, that hall became a place for boxing, and it opened again. Mm. I think a local promoter did a show there in about 2016. Um, mm. But look at some of these other guys. Ben Duffy, George Bowes, Morris Cullen. They were all real popular local fighters. Mm. And obviously, you want to take 10,000... Uh, geordie 's to, uh, to to Vegas well, with you one day, but you know well, yeah, <laughs> it 's and i and 'm sorry yes and and build that whole fan base but Beh. but I think being localized is such a great thing. Mm. I mean, the last Beh. time I was up there for a big fight was Amir Khan and Dmitri Salita, um, which was Beh. over in about fourteen seconds. Um, yeah, so, so take your
4: time, funny. son. Take your time. There's people that spend the money. All right.
3: <laughs>
4: Listen, just on that, what Gareth was just saying there—that local pride thing. I mean, obviously you're a Sunderland boy, so therefore the football's not necessarily gone as well, right? This uh, this particular year. Do you, have you have you have you found that people are knocking you on the street saying, "Listen, the football's let us down, sunshine. It's all on you. Come on, <laughs> give us a smile." It's
5: it's my cause. I've got I've got just as many friends in Newcastle as I do in Sunderland. Yeah. And I've got friends in Middlesbrough. So I'm. I'm I've always been spread since I was a kid, because I've always travelled and sparred different places, and yeah. I've, been, I've been friends with loads and of those different people. So to say, I'm to say I'm from Dublin—that's that's one thing. But to say what all my friends are based on there is another thing. Like I've got support from everywhere, but like you said, a lot of people start. I've seen someone, um, someone post something on the social media. they saying, "I think there's only one sportsman left who's got some heart and slagging <laughs> <and, laughs> uh, the football team." But I don't really. I, I'm not really into the, um, the football I used to be when I was younger, but I'm not, I am don't follow it as much now. I just don't know what all the teams do well at the North East, but um, I'm living down... Obviously, I'm living in London now, and all, everyone seems to be Arsenal supporters where I am, so <laughs> I'm, um, I'm a Tottenham supporter. Ricky did that, in, though, didn't yeah. it? It, well,
4: Ricky, he? Did. Ricky United, uh, like, an area, let's just say. I mean, yeah, he he's did, obviously he a big... Big city fan, but United fans followed Ricky, and so yep. therefore I mean, that's yeah. great. The well, way that you speak about that, Every, fighting brings everybody together. Well, as I, I'm always yeah.
3: often accused by Adam of being not a proper football fan, yeah, because I kind of vaguely support <laughs> Arsenal. I covered them years ago. I didn't really yeah. grow up playing football. It was, yeah. You know, I covered them as a journalist when they were being... winning. When they were winning, well, man, it that's was when I, it, t- two doubles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It was the glory days. First five years of Arsenal Wenger. First six years.
4: Um, how quickly yeah. was it that you uh, that you formed Eddie when he announced his big American deal? How quickly was the the, the length of announcing the deal? For you to give him a call to say, listen, sunshine, I fancy a little bit of New York. I fancy a little bit of Vegas. Come on, <laughs> I mean, you've got you've got to uh, have, have a bit of that,
5: you? That. Don't worry about that. We'll get we'll get some we'll get some working towards that. And me and Adam fancy a bit of the bright lights over there. So well, I do, anyways. Adam's been over there a few yeah. times, but I haven't experienced it yet. So I then I I was going to experiencing the North East this time, but and um, like you said, it's. it's yeah, it'll be a dream um, mm. boxing somewhere like Las Vegas or somewhere so listen and I know that you going... love
4: your holidays with your missus right she was, she's was, <laughs> she been in your ear she's been going tell Eddie we'll go to Vegas we'll have a little bit of a trip once the baby's here
5: don't say that I don't be letting her listen to this tonight she be saying <laughs> <seeing> what's happening <laughs> You has told me about new, no New York deal there's not one
4: going on no. <laughs> 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 listen top man mean. it's always a pleasure to have you on my friend um, we will oh, uh, catch man. We'll catch you in a couple of weeks enjoy Newcastle and oh, then new uh, obviously so to out with you, a couple of tickets when we're going to New York. All right, lad, you know the score. <laughs> <laughs> see
1: you in a bit. Take care, mate. Bye-bye. Right, thank
4: you. Cheers, thank Josh. You guys, you Bye-bye.
5: Cheers,
4: top man? You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport with uh, myself, Adam Catterall and Gareth Davis, Josh Kelly there, who's challenging uh, for the Commonwealth Strap on the 16th of June at the Metro Arena uh, in the Northeast, Newcastle. I'll tell you something, it'll be absolutely bouncing with him and Jer- Lewis Ritson doing their thing up there, won't it? Uh, still to come on the show, make sure you stick around because we've got another Josh, that one being Buatzi coming up. <laughs>
1: I get knocked down, but I get up again. The hell is going to keep me down, I get knocked down. But I get up again, the hell is going to
4: keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. The hell is keep me down, I get down. Hey, You listen to Fight Night on Talk Sport. Um, I don't know who's in charge of the music this evening, but I'm gonna have a whirlwind because this man doesn't get knocked down. What, what, why, why are we bringing this in anyway? anyway. <laughs> is that Chumba Wumba? It is Chumba Wumba. Chumba Wumba. You actually look like a member of Chumba Wumba tonight, my friend. Rockstar. Really? We were talking rock stars, weren't we? We were. were. That's what we were
3: talking. Have you have you met Chumba Wumba? Because I know you were you were kind of like you know I used to do fingers up DJ back in the day. I used to you know? do a bit, yeah. Yeah,
4: I know that. No, got, I can't tell they tale. A, a bit tale. too political for me,
3: mate. Were they? Yeah,
4: a bit too political. Okay, right. uh, you listen to Fight Night on Talksport with me, Adam Catterall, Gareth a. Davis, and I tell you something: the glamour of the. Show has just gone through the roof. All right, lock up your girlfriends because it is on (laughs) right now. It is on. (laughs) Joshua Bawatsi, welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? Very
2: much. I'm good. How are you doing?
4: Yeah, we're all good in here. It's always good to have you on the show, mate, because we've got you for a little bit of time today. Now, to to pick your brains about various things. Obviously, part of this is going to be about fighting. Right. And you dominating that light heavyweight division in the the months to come, my friend. That's the plan. And various people calling you out. We're going to get stuck into that, all right? No worries. Uh, But I want to give our audience a little bit more of uh, an insight into the man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The guy, not necessarily the guy in the ring, the guy outside the ring, the lovely yeah. the lovely fellow that we get to speak to on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> because everybody who's followed your career will know, obviously, elite amateur pedigree. They'll know about the medal that you picked up at the Olympics and all yeah. that type of stuff. But they might not necessarily know about the, the brains that you have, my friend, that you de- 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 delayed turning over into the professional game yeah. because you were out doing the old education,
2: my boy. Yeah, so like, like you said, basically, I could have turned professional straight away, but I think I took about... 11 months after the olympics almost 12 no is it 11 i turned professional july the 1st the olympic games were in august Hmm. so yeah 11 months um could have turned professional straight away but like you said i felt i had to go back to uni i was in my last year i had one more semester left um and i said i'm in debt with the university anyway so i might as well go and complete the degree so um you did sports
3: management didn't you um, I did management? management
2: studies and sports science. Right, okay. So I just did like two joint degrees.
3: What's management um, studies, Josh?
2: It's a bit like business studies, how okay. to manage people, how to manage an organization. How to manage your own boxing career. You I, see what he's doing? Yeah, there? There. there you go. <laughs> there you, go. Like, you know, you know, like I think in terms of like managing the career, I have to say like I'm prepared to give it to those that have got the experience around me to help guide that. Because if not, we as boxers we will fight anyone anytime. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I I'm sure Eddie Hearn will come like through and be
3: half-decent eventually. <laughs> yeah, he'll, be, he, he, he'll, he'll come through and he'll make it as a promoter <laughs> one day and, and, and it'll work out for you with him.
2: <laughs> so, no, nah, so after, after the Olympic Games, that was the next move for me. Um, How hard you, was that, though?
4: I mean, let's be very, let's be honest. I mean, the adulation of, obviously, picking up a medal at the Olympics, then you yeah. rock back up for the new term at uni and all your mates are going, what are you doing back here? I'm just seeing you on the
2: TV, mate. Literally, you know, I, my mate said to me, Josh you've just won an Olympic medal, you've changed your life, why are you going back to uni? But I said, education is important, it's helped me even till now, to this very day, I can read things and understand it, I can reason with things a bit more than the average person who probably didn't go to uni, but Hmm. just because I've been to uni, I've had to read things for assignment, I know how to research things, you know, someone might tell me something, but Google or Wikipedia might tell me others, so I can... Tell you whether you're lying to me or not. So just little minor things like that. It's helped me a lot, hmm. um, not to just jump, jump straight away and to sign things and to agree to things and stuff like that. So you know, must say, it's helped me a long a long way.
4: I assume, and I'm just reading into this, be- just from my own family background, that that comes from your upbringing, my friend. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah my mum
2: keeps you yeah. all in check. Is mom, that how it is? Mum and dad drummed it into me, saying education is important. Um, if you want a box they finally came to terms with it but they said your education is important um it's something that i almost have and mm. when i have kids in the future something that i will pass on to them to say listen do what you want to do but education is important it's
3: funny you know because you know they often say that um uh of, of some people he's too intelligent to be a boxer you know that, that there are certain guys that, that in that, that boxing is very instinctive mm. you know and i and i and you know adam saying you know a, about bringing out the story of you you were obviously born in Accra originally yeah. Uh, yeah and came to South London
2: when I was nine yeah when
3: you were nine what what was that what's the story is there a story behind that is yeah, there so,
2: a... um, my parents lived here so I grew up like with my grandma my cousins loads of us um, just living a normal life in Ghana going to school playing out every day hot weather so you're in shorts and Um, flip-flops all the time. No thoughts of being a boxer at the time? I hated boxing, in fact. Um, As a kid, when they used to show on TV, it would take up about 40 minutes of the time. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't get to watch TV that much. So why are they wasting the time that I have showing me a tour around fight? So um, for me, I I, I didn't like it when I was younger. Um, Would play about, mess about and do football. My ultimate dream was to become a pilot. And I still want to be a pilot, believe it or not. Um, But that was just something that it's from little it's what I've wanted to yeah, be yeah, yeah. so um lived in Ghana my parents lived here and they said come to England to live with us and most importantly to get a better education so that was the prime reason why I came here and then coming from Ghana where boxing is frowned upon a bit in the sense that like you said Gareth they they believe people can't be intelligent and box usually the dumb kids that do it mm. that's kind of like the the stigma and that's what people think about it. So that's what I
3: mean. People say that but it's not yeah. necessarily true. I mean my friend no, no, Tony not Barrera true. studied mm. law and exactly, but it's you know there's not this, true at all. It's, so. No, it's not, no.
2: So it helped um come in here to do education and turning around to my parents and saying, Listen, I want a box it was like you've torn the script, like that was not the plan, <laughs> do you know what I mean? what are
4: you doing man Yeah you've torn the
2: script but um I stuck with it. I I told them you know, something that I want to do. I'll tell them that, oh, I'm going to football hmm. and I'd have a bag and there'd be gloves, gumshoots. And I said, yep, I'm going to football again. Uh-huh. And then one day my dad was like, oh, actually, let's see what's in that bag then. You keep carrying it about. He opened the bag. There was there were no boxing boots, no shin pads, no shorts. It was gloves, shoes. Your dirty stash. <laughs> Your dirty stash, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But um, So he was like, listen, <clears throat> no boxing. So when did you then make that choice to participate in boxing then so when you came to the UK which I so I was nine and yeah. it was in my late teens so when I was 15 actually sorry yeah
4: and what was that through the influence of a friend or um, what was it just
2: from being in the estate and just hanging about with all my mates Um, one of my boys bought gloves to the estate and we all spied each other yeah. and it was different because we can all street fight but we were trying to be a bit technical with the boxing and that. And he knew what he was doing because he's been, he'd has been he been in the boxing gym yeah, before. Yeah. So, um, this is a really kind of, interesting point. Isn't it? Of, cause, yeah. Well,
3: I mean, and obviously, the, historically, there have been a lot of gangs in South London on the estates and stuff. Mm. And I imagine that um, when you got the gloves out and, you know, all the boys were around, you, you, you know, your young men, your teenagers... I imagine it gave people the opportunity to kind of settle a few
2: things as well with the Absolutely, gloves, pride is know? on the line. No knives, you know? Exactly, pride yeah. is on the line. Big guys that I thought were strong that could probably beat us up, but you thought that just because of how they looked, you saw them get knocked out by smaller guys, by people that you thought couldn't fight. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a real eye-opener, and I noticed that. That's when I first noticed it's not about the size of the person or how big they are yeah. or whatever. It's can they actually fight? And, and that same mentality and that same pride that's on the line when I get in the ring that's what I enter with my pride is always on the line when I get in the ring today I was asked in an interview uh what's your worst fear and I said the embarrassment of losing like the pr- your pride is on the line when you mm. get in that ring
3: cuz it's funny you know I mean the, the the wider picture there of of what boxing does and I know you're you're a kind of a wide thinking person that that wider picture of what boxing does in those communities yeah. where a couple of kids might have a scrap and they yeah. might use the gloves. Yeah. And that there's a respect factor then. Like you say, Absolutely. the big guy gets kind of damaged by the little guy. Yeah. He's not going to get bullied anymore. Exactly. All of those factors. Yeah. Things, um, things
2: level out, Gareth. And you know, we had a lot of time um, on our side, bored, nothing to do. So for me, boxing like, occupied that time that I had and I gave it everything, every single second I had. If I weren't in school, it was boxing only. When you Everything. when you become a pilot, can Adam and I come up in
3: first yeah, class on ever, every it. flight you're flying? Absolutely, so. <laughs> this is Captain this, this is Captain we, we are about to land in Las Vegas. I'm defending my title later, can't later on. Imagine and, uh, and Gareth, I hope yeah. you're enjoying first class. That's <laughs> it. You're gonna fly yourself,
2: have <laughs> not you? Nah, absolutely. But no, nah, that's that's my that's my dream. I want to be So a the dream
3: is to fly yourself to Vegas, where you're gonna defend the world title. You heard it here first. <laughs>
4: i like i like that the way that you are thinking though. It. already you're there's obviously a plan for the boxing there's a plan to get to a certain point in boxing where you then go i'm done yeah and now I mean, the next stage of my
2: life will continue i want to say there's a plan but do you know what it is i don't feel i've achieved anything to be able to start putting in when i'm gonna stop when i'm gonna no. do this i don't think there's any of that in in the not necessarily images.
4: time time frames yeah. i'm talking achieving whatever it is that you wish to achieve once that's
2: done then you'll be happy exactly because in in amateurs Adam, i said to people i had nothing to show for nine years it was only when i came up with a medal that i had something tangible to say there it is that's the medal that's the hardware for the nine years i'm a professional now i've got nothing so in a couple of years time however long it takes i'll come back to people and i'll say there it is there's something tangible that's all the hard work that i've been doing for how how long it's taken mm. for me to become world champion, and I can show it. You can tell people things, but people want to tangibly feel something. They want to yeah, see. Yeah. It. They want to hold it. Um, obviously
3: you're British, but I mean, I wanted to mention that there's, uh, or ask you even, were you aware of there's three great Ghanaian boxers I can think of from the modern times, mm-hmm. um, Azuma Nelson, yep. Ike corty and yep. Joshua Clotty, who I saw fight mm. um, Manny Pacquiao at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, and Josh. He took so many punches. Yeah, There's something about... um,
2: Add one more person to that list. And it has to be my cousin, Isaac Dogwood. Okay. He's been been newly crowned. Fair enough. Ghana's youngest world champion. Yeah. 100%. He's going to be a king in Ghana. He's a king in Ghana right now. I class him as British, mate. He's one of mine
3: now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he is, isn't he? I mean, Isaac's been here for such a long period of time. But you know we 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 know we know that the the Celts have warriors, the Italians have their mm. battlers the the poles and the russians and the and the and the, the Jewish fighters that came through there's something about the ghanaian the phys, physicality mm. of the Ghanaian for me that lends itself to to explosive power mm. do you see that
2: is that in Ghana is that in the athleticism of people there? I just think it's in the blood, yeah like, okay. like I yeah. say to people um I can get in the ring and do what i do but I, it's genetics it's we've yeah. been privileged and we've been blessed with it i'm not going to sit on a high horse and say no i'm the only person with that or this and that i can't mm. tell you where it's mm. from but when i get in the ring i do what i do because that's how i've been made listen it's
4: beautiful to watch and we're going to continue um talking uh to josh do stick around did you just do a fist bump with your it <laughs> b- 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 then what are you doing man i might have <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be Ghanaian that's what he wants to be. Uh, stick around, you listen to Fighting Out on Talksport. We're gonna talk about this light heavyweight division because it's on flames yeah. at the moment, and this geezer's leading the way, in our opinion. I'm gonna get his thoughts on uh, some of the upcoming fights that could potentially be potentially made for him in the not too distant future. Stick around, you listen to Talksport. It, it, it. Stronger can older, make us stronger.
2: Better. I need you to hurry up, man. Cause I can't wait
4: much longer I know I uh, You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall, and Gareth A. Davis. And as I said a couple of months ago, the glamour of the studio has gone through the roof right now uh, because Josh Boazzi is with us. Um, now, we've given people a bit of an insight to you and a bit of your background. Let's talk about the craft that you carry on now because this is your chosen career, my friend. Yeah. Professional boxing. In the light heavyweight division. I apologise for Gareth, by the way, because he's now taking pictures of you. Why don't you just ask him? I'm, just no, ask him for no, a snap. I'm What's I'm the doing, matter I'm, with you? Wait till I'm, the end I'm, of the show, man. I'm
3: doing, I'm doing
4: that social media thing. Oh, yeah. yeah? Just to spread the word, just to say, look who's here, look who yeah. I'm hanging out with. Gareth's right, up to date. That's it. He knows the score. <laughs> he's the way he's, away. he's the boy. I'll do, I'll do the show. He'll, he could do the social media, all right? <laughs> you crack on with that, sunshine. Um, now, we know full well that you are going to be debuting in America? Yeah. September, obviously. Eddie's Eddie's new deal with The Zone over there. I mean, exciting times as yourself. I think Katie's on that as well, as not Katie Taylor. Um, And I've no doubt in years to come, you'll be spending a bit of time over there doing your thing. How exciting is that, by the way, man? I mean, America's... When you're a kid grow. We were talking earlier on, when you're a teenager and you turn over and you
2: start dreaming about being a boxer,
4: you want to do it in the States, don't you? Yeah,
2: exactly. Growing up, that was like the big thing. Even though I must say that, Adam, I think, England is the place to be right now. Without a doubt, like, yeah. yeah. Everyone wants to come over here and to fight here, but I've never been to America. I've never experienced boxing out there, so 100% I'm looking forward to it. Um, did I dream that far? No, I didn't. So I have to walk the walk and That's you it. know surpass all expectations. All, all the great stuff, you think. They've done it in Vegas. They've done it at MSG. Yeah. Barclays Centre. Where's it mm. going
4: to be? I think it's Barclays Centre, isn't it? I think that's where you're gonna yeah, be rocking sweet, and rolling. Sweet. Yeah, uh, yeah. What, what are you asking me for?
3: You're the guy fighting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you
4: no
3: know more so, than I so, do. So, how how will how will that obviously you've had your first six fights here, so um how will that affect um your camp? Are you gonna be are you gonna be out in Gleasons early? Are you gonna choose a gym out there? You're gonna go out two weeks in advance? Um what
2: are you to, gonna do? To be fair, I, that that never plays on my mind. I right. don't really think about it at all if i As we I've travelled the world as an amateur and mm. um to me it's it's um the same ring. Mm-hmm. There's still, you know, four corners and ropes and a canvas. So you're happy to um, fight at four
3: in the morning, eleven at night, three in yeah, the morning, really two really in the morning. It, it, it doesn't bother your body that much, no. As long as I mm.
2: get the the required amount of sleep, yeah. Wake up, feel good, sweat, put on the gloves, and then we fight. Are, are yeah. you
3: having to cut much weight to 175 uh, in fight week or not too in, in the camp? No, not too
2: much. no nah. mm. Everyone's got to make weight, but not too much. I've seen. Mm people have to really, really make weight. Mm. And I look at that and then I look at myself and I think, like, I'm, this is nothing compared to what they're doing. So mm. um, everyone has to make weight, but it's it's comfortable.
4: Be honest, how many of your mates have been on to you saying, you're, you're fighting in America, Josh? I ain't seen you for a year, man. How's it
2: going? Any it, tickets going? You know what, Adam, man, I, I, <laughs> said, I said to my mate this, this week, I said, I've lost a lot of friends because of boxing. You know what I mean? But I'm guessing they you know, understand that he's trying to get somewhere. Let me try to see how far I can get. Give that's, me a few years, well, that's see how why far you, I can get.
4: that's why you're going to become a pilot, so you can stick them all on the plane. For free, exactly. That's <laughs> it. We know what you're doing. We know how it's rolling. <laughs> now, listen... On the, on the world level, the light heavyweight um, division is one of my favourite divisions. And also on a British level as well, mm. it is one of my uh, favourite. T- what are you doing now with your phones and shit?
3: I'm, t- I'm t- having problems. This phone is <laughs> going to leave this room <laughs> shortly.
4: Slipping like, this is Did what happens when I bring m- my granddad to the yeah, show. Right. I apologise. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm having social media nightmares today. I'm, I'm light, light heavyweight division. Yeah, world level, yeah.
4: I absolutely love it. On mm-hmm. a British level, I probably love it even more because it's on we're, we're, we're treated, me and Gareth, watching this on a week by week basis, that there's some real decent talent. Mm. In there that we can get some proper domestic dustups. Yeah. Now, yeah. now listen, my friend. Okay. There's a, a, a You're certain. Rubbing your hands. Yeah. I am rubbing <laughs> my hands uh, because obviously we spoke to Eddie a couple of weeks ago regarding yourself and potential yeah. uh, matchups. I've been watching social media this week and there's a there's one particular name that keeps coming up. That being Anthony Yard. Yeah. Obviously he's doing his thing under a different promoter. Doing but it, it very well as well. Yeah. But the noises are starting to really grow and there's a there's a potential that that might happen in the not too distant future.
2: Mm, there's a lot of interest in it and I think. I went to Sky to do an interview and they said, does a fight with Anthony Yard interest you right now? I said, absolutely. As expected. What boxer are mm. you going to ask in the same division? Does a fight with, I don't know, if Johnny Johnny Bloggs was in my weight category. If you ask Johnny, does he want to fight me? He's going to say, yeah. Mm. The thing is, he, he can say no if he wants, but for me, I'm like, yeah, the fight interests me. Um, and yeah, I'll take it if it's the next fight, if it's a big stage fight. We'll take it. Um, in the same breath, like I said earlier on, fighters yeah. will fight anyone. Yeah, we need to ultimately leave it to those with the experience that have been there before to guide the career, to have the fight at the right time. Yeah, to generate as much as you can. Um, so yeah, that those are the two things I believe. The right the, at the right time, and absolutely, I will take the fight. Mm, so there's no. It, it's yeah,
3: interesting. I think. I, I think it's. it's it is about timing and and it is about you know kind of finding the legitimacy for the fight you know mm-hmm. because they are both uh, Anthony yards still pretty young in his career as well, well he, and and
4: especially with him he doesn't necessarily and this is not a disrespect to him the amateur pedigree. I mean, he's still learning on the job professionally. I think he's had 15 pro fights, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, so yeah. that's where he's at. at this but he hasn't,
3: he hasn't fought no. very tricky boxers yet, and we know he's powerful, mm. and um, he, he's devastating. He's he physically very impressive. Um, he um, is also, you know, he, he's also um, perhaps not as technical as, as Josh. So th- there are lots of reasons to see them together, but I mean, I hope we don't have to wait four or five years for them to fight. But you mm. know what? If they both progress quickly, yep. and they're both in rival camps, remember, in terms mm. of promotional TV camps, there, there's there will be a natural coming together. But it, I think it's about the legitimacy of when they fight to prove who's the better one. And here's mm. the thing: we always talk about, you know, um, fighters can fight each other more than once. Yeah, great trilogy fights happen. Great, mm. you know, you know, there there have been fighters in the past, you know. Uh, Rocky Marciano, um, uh, from that kind of era, that time, where they they would fight each other four or five times, mm. you know, in, in the 50s and 60s, even the 70s. You know, some great kind of trilogies have gone on. I mean, I mean Ward and Gatti were not the two biggest names in boxing, but they came so famous, Arturo Gatti and Mickey Ward, for mm. their three fights together. You know, they weren't elite-level fighters. Um, so it's it's all about you guys optimizing... In the promoter's eyes, the 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 right amount of money mm. for the risk and the reward yeah. in it, and, and and that's what it comes down to. And also the talk of who is better, the more that germinates and the more that seeds over a long time, that's what gets people interested. Yeah. It's why we're not seeing Anthony Joshua and Deontay
2: Wilder right Just now. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Mm. But but um, like you said, there's there's interest and in there's talk about it, and I think that's great. Um, take nothing, nothing away from yard, good fighter. He's done everything he's been asked to do. Um, he's got a trainer that's working very close with him, making the moves that they feel are the right moves, and that's fantastic. And for me, I'm doing what I'm got, what I have to do as well. And like Gareth said, if it's meant to be, or you know, good fighters will end up Ooh. fighting each other. We're both from the same country, both from both from England. We'll see how it goes. He keeps on winning. I keep on winning. We're due to me and make something happen.
3: James, James DeGale and, and George Groves fought fairly early. It's seven years, six, seven years well, ago Well, they did now. it in the amateurs as well, didn't they? They did yeah. it in the amateurs. Yeah, They're yeah. from the same club, of course. Yeah, yeah. Big rivalry. And, you know, unless you guys, like, met in Leicester Square and it was captured on video and you had a street fight or this, that <laughs> and the other. No, but it takes something like that. Listen, this yeah, man's gen- into getting paid for his fighting. You no, don't no, want to do it on I, the street but What I'm saying <laughs> is unless, and, unless something like that kind of suddenly makes it explode, yeah. Yeah. there isn't any reason. You're both ticking along very nicely. Thank you at the moment, yeah. you know. But that, um, I know that we mentioned in Antis They, they then still then well. went on to make it both yeah, is yeah. what I mean. Um, Groves and DeGale fought early. It was Commonwealth and British or Commonwealth and European at the time. But they still both went on to be world champions, even yeah, though one won exactly. and one lost. You know? No, absolutely,
4: and I know we are mentioning Anthony's name a lot there, but we haven't mentioned Jose's name, Jose Burton. Uh, we've got Frank Bulioni, we've got Callum Johnson, Johnson who, who yeah. looks like he's going to be having a knock. We are to better Beev. I mean, that's a yep. heck of a fight yeah, as well. It is. I mean, it's,
2: it, your division's bubbling, man. It's it's, it's a good place it's, to be. It's on flames, and do you, do you know what it is? It's a it's a challenge because questions will be asked, and when the fight happen, when the fights happen, then the answers will be there. Hmm. Um, as I said, I think I'm a good fighter. Can I fight. If i got what it takes, we'll find out soon. That's the thing. Like, before,
4: before you go, by the way, I know I'm interrupting you there, but Gareth just brought, brought up in the break a fantastic fight in the light heavyweight division last week mm. between mm. Badu Jack and Adonis Stevenson. Yeah. I mean, if you've not seen this, by the way, just, um, just fast forward the first five
2: rounds, and then after yeah. that, it's absolutely yeah. <laughs> unbelievable, isn't it? It's yeah. absolutely yeah. tremendous. Yeah. I mean, on a world level, the light heavyweight division is sensational as well. Every champion in my category, that's, that holds a belt is a killer. It's really as yep. simple as that. Murderers row, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it it's is. really as simple as that and mm. and you have to be prepared. Don't go and be rushed. There. This is why I actually give credit to Yard's trainer Tunde and Yard's team, in fact, for not taking that fight with Bitterbi because people are trying to give him stick but hang on, when the bell goes, he's in there. Yep. His team feels is a bit too early, then that's fine. Let people make their moves. There's different ways to approach things and to achieve what you want to achieve. You can't go on the outsider's time and pressure, you have to do in your own time No, I agree If, you, if you, I know you've got to go,
3: but who, who of those four we mentioned Donna Stevenson, obviously he's still the, the, the WBC champion, did brilliantly at the age of 40 by the way, yep. against Badu yep. Jack I thought, who's, a, who's, who's really come on over the last few years and is a brilliant fighter, Dmitry Bivol, the WBA mm-hmm. champion, Arta Paterbiev we mentioned no, the think there's too IBM. many, look at you, you keep going, there's so <laughs> and, many of these and, guys and the WBO, Sergei Kovalev yeah, yeah. Yeah. who's the number one out of those Obviously, you're the number one in your eye, but who is the
2: number one out of those four? In your... For me, I still say Kovalev. To be honest with you, he lost to Wood, but Wood, pound for pound, for me was number one. Yeah. Besides that, he was the unified champion at that time. Um, the others are yet to pick up more than one belt. But Kovalev has been. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
5: Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt.
2: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. And every single one of them are killers. And here's the thing, Gareth, I'm not even watching those guys now. I've got to get past British level first before I start looking at people like that. Hmm. It's all well and good watching a round of their things, but I'm not
3: watching well, them yet. But I'm just imagine for one minute, right, I'm Eddie Hearn. Yeah, oh, all right, all right, right, Josh. <laughs> we're putting a fight on. You can choose any of those four champions and you have to win. Who are you going to choose if you had to choose one of them to
2: fight right now? Adonis Stevenson. Yes, well, I'll, I'll
3: make sure I move to my left all the time.
2: And then just hold it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, um,
4: we know that you're making the American debut in September. We hope to see you in the UK slightly before that. The fans will get to see you yeah, doing Around bit. July times, I should okay. be out, hopefully. Cool, excellent stuff. We'll keep our eye out for that. And then don't just be sacking us off for America, sunshine.
2: Absolutely, I would Make sure you
4: be. keep coming back and doing your thing over here. I definitely wouldn't be. Uh, Josh it. sensational stuff. Do stick around. There's a lot still to come uh, on Fight Night. On Talksport, as we uh, get stuck into the Hall of Fame. And the Hall of Fame today is a mixed martial artist that has blazed the trail. Don't go anywhere. Welcome to Fight Night on TalkSport, your home for boxing. Every single week we induct someone into our very unique Boxing Hall of Fame. Now it could be a fighter, it could be a fight, it could be a group of fans, anything connected to the fight sports game is open for discussion Uh, and today we're kind of just moving it away from boxing because we are inducting our first mixed martial artist into the Fight Night Hall of Fame, and I think it's quite apt that this guy goes in there because it's this week uh, that Michael the Count Bispin has announced his retirement from uh, MMA competition, and I think it's quite fitting that we stick him in there because he was, of, of course, as you will know, the first uh, UFC world champion uh, to come from these shores. Uh, and what a trail this man has blazed over over his career, I think it's only fair that we pay a little bit of homage uh, to uh, to what this man does. Now, I know full well that um, the UFC today in 2018 is a lot more popular than it was uh, 15, 20 years ago when Michael Bispin started this uh, incredible run. And it's, and it's popular in this country mainly because of what he did. Uh, Gareth's been covering that career for the last... Uh, Ten to fifteen years. Sorry to date you, mate. Sorry, so, so, so <laughs> well, it's granddad. It's granddad day today on this show, isn't it? So but, I'm, I'm accepting it. But let's be, let's be honest. I mean, we're we're blessed to have people like Darren Till now. Obviously, Conor McGregor's come along, and other guys from uh, Britain and Ireland over the years that uh, people have fallen in love with and followed their careers. But the original gangster
3: was Michael. Was Michael bispin He was. And and the other thing about him, of course, Adam, is that he um, came in the to the sport and came into prominence in the Ultimate Fighting Championship, the UFC, you know, the premier premier mixed martial arts organisation, all the way through that period, when um, there was still a stigma attached yeah. to the sport in this country. Well, it was called cage so much, fighting then, wasn't it? It was called cage fighting. Yeah. Well, it was called mixed martial arts on the sports pages. Yeah. But whenever someone had been involved in GBH or... They trained in a gym yeah. and rolled on the ground. They were a cage fighter. Yeah. And they, and it did definitely have a stigma to it. Um, and Michael was instrumental, not only in his brilliant skill set, but also with his brilliant personality. Um, a very emotional character, but out there, you know? Um, brilliant with his character in promoting the sport, in in not being... Uh, a tumbleweed character mm. you either loved him or loathed him and he went from hero to villain from hero to villain from hero to villain all the way through that period and even in america they hated him as well he made a kind of, he was a past master in many ways of playing the heel in yeah. so many of his promotions yeah, yeah he got it he got the game he, he, he got it completely and he got it from about seven or eight years ago he knew how to play the the, the the kind of irascible bad boy from England when he was over in America. And over here, he just played the hero, the adulated hero. Yeah. Um, and and in the end, everyone was looking forward to what he was going to come up with at press conferences, what he was going to come up with in the face of his opponents. I mean, there were a few highlight reels put out recently in the last week since he's announced his retirement. Not of um, necessarily nice. some of his fights, <laughs> but some of his put-downs <laughs> of opponents at press yeah, conferences, yeah, yeah. in studios, and... His delivery of it is so British. It's so Northern. It's so powerful. Yeah. And as I've always joked with him, if he had my voice and his looks, he could have been James Bond. <laughs> but, but he's got that kind of, you know... He's not, but he's. He well, will, you slag off that I'm Northern not, accent, no. Man. no, no you've got, well, you, you did. You, you've got slightly different dulcet tones. Well, that's but. because he's gone transatlantic now. No, but all I mean is about <laughs> him. You know, there's this kind of stereotype of Bond, isn't there? But but Michael um, is going to go into movies. I mean, we haven't talked about his fighting career yet, but he, he he's really grown as a person he's mm. grown as an analyst as a broadcaster and there's an honesty about him that I think people yeah. like let's um, t- let's
4: talk about just just the fact like, let's just for a minute forget that he became the world champion talk let's talk about being involved in the UFC for the length of time that he was involved with because so many good fighters have come along and been cut because maybe their attitude didn't match the company or they didn't perform in the octagon. I mean, Michael's had losses, but he's he's come back from those losses because of this unbelievable attitude of, I will fight anyone, anywhere, anytime. Lots of fighters say it. Loads of them say it. Not many guys carry it out, as he proved, in sadly, in his last couple of fights, when he was beaten by GSP to lose his title, and two weeks later, he's turning up in Singapore to save that card. He saved the card because he's a company man. He understood the value of breaking into the Asian market for the UFC. Who did Dana White call first when Anderson Silva couldn't make the fight with Kelvin Gastelum? He called the count. In fact, I don't even think he made the call. I think Michael Bisping made the call yeah. to say, put me on the card.
3: Well, he, he he's I think on the on the entire UFC roster, he's one of the highest earning um, fighters um, on on basic fees anyway. Mm. You know, he, and he's earned that over time. I'm 14 years in the UFC. Remember, that's
4: nobody does that.
3: No, nobody does. 14 we won't years. see that again. And we, we we've seen um, you know at the same time. I mean, I, I would just put a little asterisk and a footnote in uh, in in brackets under Bisping. There's another great UFC. Um, Uh, MMA fighter who's retired in the last week as well, last couple of weeks, that's Vito Belfort as well. Mm. And Bisping, of course, fought him. Um, And, you know, Belfort fought for, I think, 19 years in the UFC. We're not going to see people last 14 years in the UFC anymore. They're not going to have 20-year careers. The sport's evolved too much. But part of what was brilliant about Bisping was that he's got this indomitable spirits that that he, he when he was when he was knocked down he'd get up again you know we heard Ch- chumba-wumba earlier on you mm. know that, that he was the epitome of that you know three times i remember being at ufc 100 with him when he <sighs> fought dan henderson yeah. a massive card yeah. um brutally know, knocked out that night brutally knocked out by dan henderson um and you know i, I was with him through fight week i was very much covering his journey um, in his hotel room with him, doing all sorts of things for the Telegraph and, and here, there, and everywhere, and on him, and, and he was very kind of on edge, and his weight cut wasn't right, and you know he was brutally knocked out, as you say, by Dan Henderson that night with a nasty follow-up as well. Mm. Um, and and you know the the thing is, he he then had an opportunity because that was a title eliminator, and he had two more opportunities yeah, in, in in title eliminators, obviously. Um, he, he he had Chael Sonnen then I was there at that night when he fought Chael Sonnen in, in Chicago yeah. and he came desperately close against a brilliant wrestler that was the night Michael showed he wasn't just this great stand-up kickboxer um, who, who knew Muay Thai um, he had Really good uh, wrestling takedown defense as well that's really developed. He's got great jiu-jitsu. We've seen that on the ground when he survived against Dennis Kang when he fought in Manchester. Bisping's never lost in the UK, remember? Mm. Never lost in the UFC in the UK. He carried so many cards. He lost on points in Chicago to Chael Sonnen. Then he got beaten in Canada by by Tim Kennedy. I was at that one as well. Um, And then, of course, he lost to Luke Rockhold. But then it all changed. And I think what happened with Michael was he got to this point where he 'd started acting in movies he Hollywood wanted him he, i mean he 's a handsome, handsome man I mean he looks great on screen as well, and as you say he's, you know he 's got a great character, great personality um, so he 's going to make a success of 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 being in front of the screen mm. um, and, and acting in, 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 in that kind of role. The best thing that ever happened to Michael Bisping, and he told me about this. He was, he was working on a movie, and he was up in Canada, and he got a call from Dana White. And he said, Michael, do you want to fight Rockhold again? I think it was 17 days' notice. Mm. And he said, I put my backpack on, and I ran back to the hotel. And he said, tears are coming down my face. He was too heavy, wasn't he? It? it was so heavy. He wondered if he was being set up as the fall guy. So he went back. He just trained for two weeks. <clears throat> He didn't worry about anything and he went out there and he delivered. And Rockhold didn't take him seriously enough. And Bisping and his great uh, striking coach, Jason Perillo, had worked out a methodology of of getting inside Luke Rockhold and throwing a left hook. Michael's left-handed, remember. Even though he stands orthodox, he's left-handed. And Bisping just put him away. Mm. And the joy I felt that day having covered the ups and downs of Michael's career. It's um, one of the was greatest, extraordinary, that is the greatest you know, moment Watch, all I mean, his what, family coming yeah. into the ring watching, callum as, as a and, British yeah.
4: fan it's the greatest moment watching yeah, UFC yeah, so far and yeah, no doubt we've got yeah. many uh, years to come of watching some fantastic British performances in the UFC and it's all because Bispin blazed that trail uh, congratulations to him on a fantastic career hope you've enjoyed it as much as uh, we had um, and without any shadow of a doubt I think it's only fair that he's our first mixed martial artist to go into our Hall of Fame here on Fight Night. Uh, you're listening to Talk Sports, Still plenty to come. Uh, Carlos Allen's going to be on the show very shortly talking Groves and Smith. Um, we've also got Cultural Corner, and uh, Gareth's brought a lot of books in. So we're going <laughs> to... A big, heavy book. So oh, we're going back go- to Roman times, no, maybe. Oh, man. We're going back. Let me tell you. Stick around. <laughs> Fight night on Talk Sport with me, Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis. Um, I know that we talk a lot about boxing on this show, and we have done over the, uh, uh, over the weeks previous. And obviously, we do all the live fight nights from the various uh, fights up and down the UK. Uh, but we do like to touch upon um, various other things that are going on in the, in the fight game, whether it be mixed martial arts, whether it be going to the UFC last weekend. Uh, or uh, or conversing about kickboxing, because we like all different types of fight sports. We admire anybody that is prepared to make a, a ring walk, an octagon walk, uh, in order to uh, do unarmed combat with another human being. <laughs> um, I've no doubt there's a few people listening to this, uh, maybe going to and from an event in Birmingham at this moment in time, uh, Gareth. Uh, where uh, the number one kickboxer in the world is uh, is frequenting our shows, a little bit of a treat for everybody. I believe you spent a bit of time actually with the boy this week. Haven't you? Have you? I have had a little bit of a chat with Rick
3: I have met Rick Verhoven, and, and uh, yeah, I've even thrown my head kick at him. Um, How did that go down? He's so big, you can know, get anywhere near him, <laughs> <laughs> it was like up to his thigh. I mean, he's six foot five. He's two hundred and sixty pounds. Very handsome man. You know perfect crystal clear English, as most Dutch people have. Um, he's 25 years old, and this guy has been a um, a standout in kickboxing mm. for, um, you know, sorry, 29 years old, what am I on about? He's 29 years old, uh, Josh Boatsy's 25 years old. Um, <laughs> um, he's been a standout in, bo- in kickboxing for a very long time. He's got a massive following in Holland. Yeah. Um, the royal even, even the, I was going to say, the Royal Family are fans of him, aren't they? They are. And I asked him about that, and he said, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of just part of Dutch pride. They're proud of me right, yeah. as an athlete who reps... Um, Holland abroad. To be fair, the football team's rubbish. It's not going to
4: the World Cup, so maybe that's what it is. They're all over well, him.
3: T- more power to him, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, he, he's so big in Holland. I mean, where kickboxing has always been big, I and mean, we can talk about K one in a minute, anyway. But you know, which was huge at one time um, in Japan and all over the world. K one, obviously, um, you know, aligned very closely with what was happening in Pride at the time, yeah. as as as. Um, ground fighting, but K1 was obviously the big kickboxing organisation. If he'd been around 20 years ago, this guy, Rico Verhoeven, would be the Anthony Joshua mm. of his day. He, uh, as I say, so big in Holland, um, so big in the, du- in the Dutch language that he even voiced uh the movie ferdinand in dutch <laughs> he did uh, the, the fighting bull he did he did he did he did the voiceover um and uh he that that's that's i think that's gross 200 million at the box office That's crazy. so it's a big you know he, he's a big figure um and he, he was saying to me it's great because you know i'm watching cartoons and you know lion king with my kids at the moment and you know in my when they're grown up, my grandkids will be listening to my voice. That's on amazing. So, it's, so he's a very, very cool individual. He's been asked a lot of times, why don't you go and join the UFC? Why don't you move over to heavyweight boxing? Um, but he makes a very good living mm. as the poster boy, the poster boy of, of kickboxing. As you say, glory's there at the Genting yeah. Arena. It's happening right now, in fact.
4: So he's, so he's in the UK, obviously, for that. But if I'm not mistaken, he's been having a knock
3: with Tyson Fury. Is that right? He's been, he's been doing a bit. He's been having a knock with Tyson Fury for six years. Yeah. yeah, It goes back all the way to 2012. In fact, Peter Fury is even in his corner at the moment, working with him. So, so Hughie and Hughie Fury, Peter Fury, the former trainer, of, the uncle of Tyson Fury, the father of Huey Fury um, who I thought looked very good the other day by the way winning the British title Uh, uh, Rico goes and trains in the same camp as him so it's a great story dating back to when um, Tyson Fury fought Vladimir Klitschko because Rico being similar dimensions to Tyson Fury was aping uh, to to Vladimir Klitschko was aping a lot of uh, Klitschko's movement for his camp Um, and you know Fury himself has said he was instrumental, Rico, in being helpful um, for That's his crazy. fight with, with is it But, you know, the fight sports world, you know, as we're finding, as we go on with our show, there's relations. Yeah between everyone it's a small community and there's a lot of mutual respect and and people are
4: learning off each disciplines you know i mean guys in the world of boxing are bringing in mixed martial artists in order to to learn more about different types of movement exactly
3: and we're seeing that now transcending to the boxing ring exactly and 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 the thing the thing is about this guy Rico. i mean what i was fascinated to ask him about how awkward tyson fury is to actually spar with and he said he it, it defies logic when you're in there with him. The rhythms of a man who is... He said he, he might not look that athletic, he said, but when he's in there with you and when that big jab's coming out and when he's moving around, um, he, he's so extraordinary. He's difficult, he's awkward, but he's so balanced. Mm. Um, and I thought that was fascinating. He, he's convinced that if Tyson Fury... Kind of keeps himself together and has three or four fights that he will get back to the number one. So Of course, he's going to say that because he's a sparring partner of his yeah. and they're friends now, but he's convinced that he's got the ability to get back to the top of the heavyweight division.
4: Well, that all gets underway next week. Obviously, Tyson doing his thing against Sefer Safiri in, in Manchester, of which you'll be there, and we'll be doing a little bit of a a show kind of loosely connected to that next week because it is exciting times. He is back in that heavyweight mix. Uh, that's next week's uh, fight night show. Last weekend, um we had we had a mixed martial arts explosion all over the uk didn't we really because we had bellator on the on the friday night we had the ufc on the on the sunday afternoon yeah and we were treated really and uh, i know that it's we we don't have anything for a bit now um but hopefully what happened last weekend and the, and the fights that we were provided with last weekend and the moments that we were provided with uh the likes of bellator and the likes of the ufc look at that and they go, do you know something, there's a a real thirst for this here in the UK and we need to keep bringing it back and forth.
3: Absolutely, and and, and that's why, excuse me, that's why Gloria have capitalised tonight by bringing Rico Verhoeven here. It's a time, it's a golden era... To be in, to, <clears throat> excuse me, to have fight events in the UK, yeah. Ca- the public wants to be there. People want to be on a night out. You've got casual fans coming to it. You've got the hardcore anyway. And as you say, Tyson Fury <laughs> next weekend, a week today. Yeah, yeah. So, th- look, the, the the thing is this, Adam. Um, I can tell you on auth- with great authority that next year, um, Bellator are going to bring a six to eight events to the UK. Yeah and they will be on a platform that you will appreciate finally. They will announce it at some point in the next few months. Um, And if they do that, the UFC, because they are rivals, yep. they'll bring two or three events here next year. We are going to be replete with big... There won't be all the biggest cards because they'll no. they'll want to develop the talent pools here. Yeah, yeah. But British Association of Mixed Martial Arts, Bama, and Cage Warriors, who've been around a long time as well, we've got to give them credit for being... They're not feeder leagues because they're their own leagues in themselves, yeah, but yeah. For, for developing and giving the opportunity mm. for so many people that want to be involved in, in fight sports. Because... People go to the gym now because it's part of a lifestyle. They want to be fitter. You know, it's, you know, as you say, I'm the granddad generation. We just went out and played sport. We didn't worry about, you know, you ran, you ran to school, you ran home, you, you went for a run on a Sunday afternoon, you played sport the rest of the time. But people go to the gym now and learn jiu-jitsu and it yeah. does change their diet. And, you know, I was on the way in today, I was listening to... Uh, any questions, um, you know, a serious adult programme. And it was about, it does concern me that one in three primary school children um, is going to be obese or is, are obese by the time they're 11. And it's so important that fight sports can play a big part in in the health of our nation. No, really. absolutely.
4: And, to, and obviously to inspire those next generations and to, and to grow mixed martial arts in the UK, because obviously this is a, a predominantly South American-American sport. It's absolutely huge out there. Uh, But here in the UK, in order for it to uh, compete with boxing... Because boxing's always going to be, I
3: think, number one here in the UK. Always. Commonwealth Games, Olympics, 150 years of history. All those things. It'll never go away. But
4: but we can tighten the gap, let's just say, between people being massive fans of boxing and being massive fans of mixed martial arts and you tighten that gap by bringing the event to the UK. Not a lot of people are going to stay up till four in the morning to watch this stuff when it's in America even though it's absolutely fantastic. You've got to bring it to the shore, you've got to put it on a, someone's doorstep, you've got to bring them to the arena and that's when they fall in love with it. That's what happened to me, that's what happened to you
3: and it shouldn't be different for anybody else. So we've got to we've got to experience it here in the UK. Well look, the Marcus of Queensbury rules came in, in, what was it, 1860s, of course, yeah. yeah. The um, MMA came in in the 90s, there's always been martial arts around, but formulated, you know, it's 25 years old as a sport. So it will take time for it to develop. Boxing, like you say, it, it has peaks and troughs. What we're learning with MMA, that's having peaks and troughs as well. But I think as long as we get all the characters we've been talking about today, all these people coming forwards, the whole people saying how it, it's been transformational for them, that their lives have changed, all these things it will continue to grow and the stigmas will go because in some sections of society, I experience it, I'm sure as you do, yeah. where people say, well, I'm not sure about that stuff. Yeah. I don't like it when he's holding him on the ground yeah. and he's hitting or, or she's holding Get her on the, the ground. Time. But what they don't realise is that if you look at it scientifically in, in terms of medical science, there's, there's a very good reasons that standing up and fighting is actually even more dangerous. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know I've... I've dropped into inherent risks here in in fight sports which there are but mixed martial arts is here to stay it's as simple as that Boxing's here to stay and they inhabit slightly different shelves um at times they're they're kind of very closely really aligned but they will always be here because people love when you shout fight 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 people will come and watch mm. Um, And that's why
4: we have a show on TalkSport, my friend, to discuss all the matters of uh, the Queensbury rules and mixed martial arts as well. Uh, And we absolutely love that, and long may that continue. Uh, And we've still got uh, a good half an hour of this show still to remain, so make sure you stick with us. This is Saturday Night Fight Night on TalkSport. You're home for boxing. (laughs) Here (laughs) comes
0: the am the You're listening to Fight Night
4: on Talk Sport. You're home for boxing with me, Adam Cartrell and Gareth Day-Davis. Just playing that in the background there because that would be GAD's ring walk, wouldn't it? You would go for a bit of hot
3: stepper. I think it's great. I want more. I want more, Ben. Oh, wow. <laughs> what would you go for as uh, a ring walk? I, I, I'm going to have um, um, probably... It might even be a reggae track would it know? yeah yeah you're a bit of a reggae yeah it, that, it might be it, it might be dread luck and moonlight dread luck and moon it's got a time to read and it's time to, re- it's my time to sue. yes my friend it'd be very co- it'd be very slow would it very dark all the lights out and yeah. i would probably have disappeared off of the other side of the arena and uh got run to a- enjoy yourself yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> had a couple of tequilas on the way in <laughs>
4: Oh, man. Um, Now then, let's get stuck into a little bit of World Boxing Super Series because right at the start of the show, I uh, announced my big three. Two of them were obviously related to the world of mixed martial arts, of which we've kind of already touched upon. And the third big story of the week was that the World Boxing Super Series listened to you. And I'm, I'm talking to you listening to this right now, right? Because a couple of weeks ago, me and Gareth, we were sat here, we were talking to Cala and we said, Calla, all this about maybe the potential of Chris Eubank Jr. replacing George Groves in the final. Just knock the date back, knock the date back because George Groves has to be in that final. And obviously, Cala, the spokesman for this tournament, was say, well, we're contractually obliged for this date. We're contractually obliged for this. We can't do X, Y and Z. And we were pulling our air out in the studio. Obviously, you've heard that. You've seen our social media posts on that. You've ran with it. You've made noise. And this is down to you. This isn't down to uh, anybody else other than yourself. You've made the noise, and they have listened. So we've got to give them a round of applause for obviously listening to that, and we've got to give you a round of applause for, for, for people power, for airing what you genuinely thought about the possibilities of that particular final Um, which was originally scheduled for May, then uh, for June, then for July. And now, obviously, we now know that it will be September uh, when we see George Groves against Callum Smith in the World Boxing Super Series Super Middleweight Final. And rightfully so. It wouldn't be a final without George Groves. You can't have a replacement finalist, can you?
3: Well, no, you can't. And, and you know, the, the Camosa AG or, or the World Boxing Super Series, Camosa AG being the, the financial backers behind it, Adam, um, kind of teased out the the prospect of Jürgen Bremer and, and Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, fighting uh, Callum Smith with uh, the dislocated shoulder suffered by George Groves. But you know what? The outpouring uh, we had on here, but also from people saying, no, why? We're not interested. We won't watch it. Put it back, yeah. Put, it, it it back. Would have been, Put the dead back. It, there would have been... Well, we might have even boycotted it. Mm. You know, we might have gone that far. Because, you know, we want to... George Groves was the only champion to enter the tournament, okay? Um, Callum Smith is an undefeated British fighter. It's an amazing match-up. We had you know we were there all week with the Chris Eubank George Groves build up in Manchester it was fantastic wasn't it it set it alight we went out to Nuremberg you know it's all been on, on on talk sports as well um it would have felt like a, uh, you know, a damp squib in the face. It'd have been a shame it, it, it,
4: because the competition in general has been outstanding. The cruiserweights has been out. It's been brilliant. I mean, well, they're waiting
3: for them as well, which yeah, is course. good because they've got. We've got an injury yeah. to it. So, we,
4: so we've got the cruiserweight one, and we've got the super middleweights going on. Just in case you don't know what this is all about, this moment in time, and it's a round robin knockout tournament over a period of nine months, right? And at the end of it, you crown a champion. In the Cruiserweights, you're going to get an undisputed champion. And the only champion of legitimacy that was in the super middleweights was George Groves with that WBA belt. And at the end of it, if you were to have a match-up where the WBA world title was not on the line, it would have really, in my opinion, been a PR blunder. It would have affected massively the legitimacy of the World Boxing Super Series. So I'm delighted that... Do you know something? I mean, it, t- it takes a it takes a big cojones sometimes to step down from your original position to go, do you know something... The fans might be right here. They might be right. And fair play to them for going. Do you know something? We're hearing you. We're all about the fans. We are going to knock this back a couple of months because we want George Groves in that final. So the first two weeks of September, it, it will be. And it might even be on one of the cards for the second season. When the second season gets underway, it might be the headline night uh, of that night. I mean, imagine getting a ticket for that. That's amazing. Getting, yeah, it would be good. Quarter, that's very good. If you're getting a final for a bantamweight, which we'll talk about in a minute, and you're getting George Groves Callum Smith season one final on the same night, flipping night, what a night that'll be.
3: Absolutely. I mean, you know, we haven't even touched on that yet. I'm sure we will about the bantamweights, because um, that, that's going to be an extraordinary tournament as well i mean look um the 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 thing is um and the for me the jury's still out on this um i've picked george groves to beat um callum smith in the final um i think it'll be september and i think it'll be manchester or london um and i think both venues work um groves fans clearly traveled up to Mm. to manchester for the eubank fight they're both kind of southerners um and you know all the Echo Arena we could go to again. We've had a few good nights there recently. Why not go there? Um, but um, I've got a feeling, and I know that you're backing Callum Smith and you have from the start, mm-hmm. and I don't blame you for that. Um, I wasn't overly impressed with him against Nicky Holtzkin in Nuremberg in the semi semifinal. Um, but he was up against, again, we're talking about kickboxers. Yeah. Holtzkin's won a world title in glory that we were talking about earlier. Very, very tough traveller from Holland again. Um, very proud man. And I just wonder whether Callum has killer power at the very, very elite level. I, I He may well do, and people say he does. Um, you know, great doyens of boxing writer like Colin Hart um, has spoken to me about him, and Colin said to me, that kid reminds me of John Conti, and that is massive praise. Yeah. The great uh, world champion in the 70s, WBC champion in the 70s at light heavyweight. Um, I think Callum's got a great opportunity in this fight because of what happened to George's shoulder. I think you're right. Because I it would not surprise I me. You're bang on. I think I won't be
4: surprised if it goes again.
3: Yeah. I mean, we we lost Dean Francis recently and Dean's shoulder always used to go cuz yeah. he dislocated it. And that there's a theory that once it's popped out, it. it's never right again afterwards. George is going to get paid very well. I'm still going to back George because I think technically he's jabbed. Te- If he's,
4: if if his shoulder's bang on, he's jabs the best in exactly. The business. Exactly.
3: But if that goes and the jab is not there, Callum will wear him down and may even stop him. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think it will probably go 12 rounds. But um, it's it's a massive opportunity. Callum, I remember interviewing Callum uh, before he went to Nuremberg, Adam. And he and both Joe Gallagher, and Joe Gallagher's worked incredibly well with this kid. You know, he's the youngest of the four boxing brothers from Liverpool. They all say he's the most talented. Um, And I just think... This is his step-up moment. Yeah. This is the big moment where he could... That's it. He's a very quiet guy. He lets his talking, you know, all his talking get done in the ring. But this is this is that moment where he crosses over, and he's with Eddie Hearn, of course, who's very good at promoting these guys. This is his step-over moment. And, you know, it, it had to be this. I'm glad they've seen sense because it would have put into perspective, um, or it would have put kind of like corrugations in what, WB, WBS, yeah. what it all would have about. put
4: shade on the tournament. There's no question about that. Yeah. And I'm so glad that they've made this decision, as are the fans. As are, and, the, and the fans win it. And you're going to hear it all live and exclusive here on TalkSport in September. So uh, make sure you keep an eye on everything that's going on in TalkSport because we'll get you a date for that and a venue, as Gareth was alluding to before. But I just want to quickly, whilst we're talking World Boxing Super Series, just to touch upon a guy that we talked about on last week's show in Noya Inoue, the Japanese guy who has uh, been thrown straight into the bantamweight competition. So he won uh, the WBA regular belt last week. Mm. Um, there, there are talks that uh, the WBC belt, which is vacant at the moment because Lewis Neary ended up losing it on the scales, that that belt will be available in the quarterfinal stage of the World Boxing Super Series. I'm led to believe that that will be announced this week, next week. We've already got Ryan Burnett. We've yeah. already got Zolani Tete. We've yeah. already got Emmanuel Rodriguez. i would tell you something. I was blown away with the cruiserweight announcement for season one. The Bantamweight in season two, mate, this is like... If you're a boxing fan, you're not going anywhere for nine months. You're watching every single one of these knocks, aren't you?
3: It's, it's incredible. I mean, um, the, the just just those three names alone. The fact you've got Burnett, um, Zolani Teti and Inouye Nui. Um, you, can't, you can't rule out Rodriguez, who beat Butler, though, a couple of weeks ago. And and Rodriguez as well. I was about to just say him as well. There are There are... He's a real talent, and he's huh. yet he's yet to really show himself yeah, as well. Um, you know, I hope that we're going to not see all those f- four fight each other. First of all, I hope they're going to be the, the, seeds. They'll the be The seeds, seeds if you like. They, yeah. um, but you know, you, you look at the 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 other bantamweights they could put in it. Adam, at the moment, you know, the the likes of. Um, uh, I don't think Paul Butler will get in it, but, nope. but uh, Omar Nevaeas, um Ryan um um Jamie McDonald could get a wild card entry back Maybe into it, even though he said he's going up. But if he gets pays well enough, I... I can't see him getting in there because he got blown away by
4: Noye Noye. And we saw that what happened with Rocky Fielding. I think Rocky Fielding would have got into the super middleweight uh, category last year, but he got blown away by Callum Smith. They kind of like those undefeated narratives, don't they, really, in, in this particular tournament. Lewis Neary's a good shout if he can make the weight because he was formerly the WBC champion. I know there's a couple of kids in there that are going to be the number one and number two contenders that might get a shot. The guys who were number one and number two at the moment in the WBC bantamweight weight rankings might get a shot in there. Whatever happens from now on in, whoever they put in, you've got four absolute I mean, the. Be- I mean, we've got guys there that if they whoever wins this tournament, no, we'll
3: have the number one in the world. I think. You, Roushi, yeah, I'd go, like to see Roushie Warren in it as well. I you, like him. You what
4: know. I'm saying, though, pound for pound, whoever wins that and becomes an undisputed champion, you've got to be talking pound for on the pound for pound list top three because they are they are legitimately, yeah. legitimately talented lads, all of them.
3: Yeah, the the, the one issue they may have uh, televisually, I thought here in the UK is that um, they may they should be showing them free on ITV especially the quarterfinals definitely especially the quarterfinals yeah, to, to, to build that audience that's where them, they slipped you know? a little bit this year oh, I agree that's not, I don't I agree. think that's
4: World Boxing Super Series I think that's just ITV not really necessarily knowing the game really mm. I mm. think if they showed all those on ITV4 or even mainstream ITV whatever quarterfinals you're telling me that people will not be shelling out like mad to go and see Callum Smith against George Groves now for the final of course they would absolutely sensational stuff well done what World Boxing Super Series looking forward to getting stuck into that final and I'll tell you something if uh, if you can sort us of out, me and Gareth uh, a couple of tickets, maybe out to Japan to watch the new year in the in the are we are doing? A
3: broadcast on it, my we, we, friend.
4: We've got to, we've got to go to Japan, have not we?
3: We've got to go and broadcast. We've got to there.
4: do a bit of Japan.
3: We I don't th- need any, we don't need any commentators. Just me and you go out That's there, it. and we will do the you can, whole shebang. You can
4: teach me. You can throw me around Asia. You can show me. You can show <laughs> me the score out there. Um, hopefully, we'll be uh, covering that for you over the next uh, nine to twelve months here on Talksport. Do stick around because Gareth's taking us to the cultural corner next. Uh, Now then, on Fight Night, on TalkSport, every single week, um, because Gareth Air Davis brings the IQ levels of the show up uh, to around about 80. (laughs) 85. (laughs) Yeah, okay, okay. Um, We decide to uh, show you a little bit of how boxing transcends the ring and uh, interferes with different elements of the arts in our lovely little feature called cultural corner now he's i don't know what he's got here he's brought in several uh books uh oh, like encyclopedias my friend that you There is one encyclopedia junior.
3: boxing mm. encyclopedia by Bertram Job it's a brilliant book actually what, what, years what, ago
4: what's the angle tonight i mean we've had loads of different angles recently what's the angle tonight
3: gladiator
4: Time for a little bit of Maximus Aurelius then. What have you got for us?
3: My name is Maximus Decimus Aurelius. Are you just doing the speech? No, no. Is that the whole thing?
4: (laughs)
1: You just wanted to use the radio to do the speech?
3: No, not at all. (laughs) I I wanted to take us back Mm -hmm. to gladiatorial Rome. And it's funny, you know, how boxing is called the noble art. Um, Because many, many, many moons ago, um, from around about 265 BC... Mm. um, the gladiatorial um, battles began to happen in Rome. It began, as we enjoy today, Mm. it was different then, of course, it was much more um, life and death. Um, Slaves battled for their freedom, all of those kind of things. People know the stories, um, the history of it, the vague history of it. But um, what became prevalent was that um, rather like wealthy people today have um, strings of ponies in polo or they have race horses or, you know, a lot of famous people like to get involved in racehorsing. As gladiatorial combat became very popular in in Roman society, um, nobles began to house gladiators with them in their villas and gladiators' families. And it was prestigious to have gladiators as part of your entourage, if you like. And um, over time... Uh, noblemen, people in the Senate, their children had grown up with the children of gladiators because they were housed and stabled there and they became almost part of extended families. And the children of the nobles grew up around the children of the gladiators. And many nobles became gladiators. And even many women became gladiators as well. And it got so out of control that there were literally, there had been over, you know, a course of. You know, many, many years, several thousand nobles who'd gone on to to pursue the noble art, to be gladiators, to 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 grow up in learning shield defense and fighting with a sword and wrestling and pancreation. You know, boxing and wrestling, and learn all the skills because, again, and I think this relates very much to boxing and MMA today. That when people get into the lifestyle of it, they feel so well, they look so well, um, their life feels good. Um, there's also
4: something quite primal about it, as and well.
3: there's something quite primal. And but it, but it's it's a very basic, honourable. Yeah, you know, you you are literally becoming. It's a soldier of the self, isn't it? You know that, that you're kind of improving yourselves in some way. You're going, like you say, into a deep primeval part of yourself. But it was abolished for all nobles by Theodoric in A.D. five hundred, um, because it was felt that too many of the nobility, too yeah. many of the middle class and, 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 and upwards in, in Roman society wanted to get involved in fight sports. And I do think it's happening again for us in this era. So I just wanted to take us through that tiny little passage that there are there have been times in society where, um, where where combat sports, where martial arts have been a way of life that people want to follow regardless of their education, background, or whatever it be. How
4: beautiful that you have chosen to use that today, because we had Joshua Boazzi earlier on talking about his upbringing in Ghana, the way that that his family view fight sports, education first, and he had to sneak around in order to uh, participate in fight sports. It is quite... It amazes me that, that those different narratives and stories of how people will always find a way. If yeah. they want it, if they want to be involved with it, they will always find a way. They'll keep people happy doing their education. They'll keep people happy doing X, Y, and Z jobs. We see so many in the white-collar industries these days, don't we? Oh, I fancy putting the gloves off and having a little bit of a knock for charity. Everyone
3: wants to have a go, yeah. Everybody exactly. does want to have exactly. a go.
4: Um, very well done. Thank you for- I enjoyed that one. That's probably the one I've enjoyed the most, actually, oh, mate. Yeah, you look different. riveted. I do. I am riveted. Um, listen, before uh, we clear off this week... Um, I think it's only fair that we touch upon the return of the Gypsy King. Yeah, He is uh, back next weekend in Manchester, June the 9th, the longer way to return of the lineal champion. The man that beat the man, that beat the man, that beat the man. We could go back in time, he's the man. And he does, and he tells us every time, (laughs) all
3: the way back to John L. Sullivan. Absolutely,
4: he is the man, all right? Um, And he's back in business. You've been speaking to
3: him over the last 10 days or so. Mm. Um, Are you happy with his state of mind? Very. I'm happy with him physically, I'm happy with him mentally, You know, what's extraordinary about this in that kind of hazy 30-month hiatus that he's been out? You know, when you look at the things he's been through, you know, he won three of the world belts. He beat Vladimir Klitschko. It's such a long time ago now, um, November 2015. (laughs) He won three of the world title belts against Vladimir Klitschko, one of the greatest performances abroad by a British boxer ever. Um, Then he loses the IBF belt. He goes through eight. almost a sporting lifetime of catastrophe over 30 months. Think about these things. He's dealt with um, a backdated two-year ban for a doping offence, admitted to binging on cocaine, was stripped of one belt two weeks after winning it, the IBF, relinquish the other two, cancelled two rematches with Vladimir Klitschko, had his license taken away by the Boxing Board of Control, battled to dep- with depression, and ballooned to 20- 27 stone. Mm. Now, that is an absolute catalogue of things. I think the... he's had two... Uh, uh two additions to his family as well he's then, had two has children two children in that yeah, time that's, as well. but, uh, that's a positive of course exactly, but, uh, again exactly.
4: but it's, it's, a, it's a lot of space to take up in the mind yeah
3: say. and i think his wife paris by the no it's good you mentioned that adam because i think his wife paris is a rock for him yeah and she lets tyson be tyson and i've seen that and he you know and i think that's very important for him but when you catalog all those things at the same time on the other side of the bridge in those 30 months yeah. Anthony Joshua has claimed all three of those belts, and according to forbes is now two thousand and seventeen was the biggest earner in boxing mm. you know beyond anyone else so mayweather 's gone now he 's the main owner he 's the biggest commodity. all eyes are going to be on Tyson Fury next week, yes, of course he he must, he has to defeat Sefer Safari, the Albanian in his late 30s who was a cruiserweight very convincingly yes he has to toy with him yes he has to look good and he probably will and we'll probably see him out twice more this year but millions and millions of eyes now are on Tyson Fury for this comeback for all those reasons that I just mentioned and the fact that he, in many ways, is the joker in the pack, isn't he? He's the guy that can ignite these mega fights. He against Deontay Wilder, he against um, Anthony Joshua, two fights against both of them, like we once see Joshua and Wilder fight twice. They are all mega fights. And this is the guy we have to remember, scatter those belts to the wind in the first place and actually open the door for Anthony Joshua. Mm. So it's an amazing moment. Um, I'm so pleased to see him back. I mean, how he shed those 100 pounds, I don't know, but he's worked incredibly hard. I think he's in a good place. And just a little quote from him. um, It's so funny. He said, "Um, I'm not going to be modest. When, When you look at all the fighters today and who's active and not active, when has there ever been anyone like me? There's been plenty of come forward aggressors throwing big bombs. There have been plenty of boxers on the back foot. When has there ever been a six foot nine switch hitter with the confidence of Muhammad Ali and the style of Floyd Mayweather all rolled into one? There has never, ever, ever been anybody like me. I'm unbeaten. I'm fast. I'm brash. I'm young. I'm good looking. I can dance. I can sing. What more do you want? It's going to be easy peasy lemon squeezy. And that's <laughs> And that's next
4: week. <laughs> Make sure you come and join us for a little bit of that action. Uh, just quickly as well, because you you did mention AJ, you did mention Wilder there. Um neither of us think it's gonna be next. Um but hopefully a deal can be done where we get it in the maybe the next one after. Mm. Uh, I think it's gonna be AJ, um, Pivetkin, September, Wembley Stadium there are think talking. You're right. uh, so we'll tick that one off. But then after that, December January, February next year
3: What do you reckon man? Do you reckon yeah, we can I, get the Wilder fight? I, I don't know I don't think it will uh, It could take place this year But I think it depends When Wilder fights next and Like you say Alexander Povetkin Looks very likely now He's a mandatory um, He's number one For two of Joshua's belts Of course um, It's not an easy fight By the way There are banana skins oh, In absolutely. heavyweight divisions Absolutely And Povetkin Olympic champion World hit. amateur champion He can hit um, he, We saw him vulnerable Against Davy Price Of course um, that, that he was hurt. Um, but I think if, if Joshua goes out and imposes himself against Povetkin, you know, it, it, it's his fight, definitely. But, uh, yeah, as we suspected all along, there's probably a few days left in the negotiations between Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. It's not right for it to happen now. We talked with Joshua Boatzi earlier about yeah. fights happening at the right time. No, it's not the right time, Ed, mm. but it's the right time for me to hand to you, it's been a pleasure mate <laughs> uh,
4: Next week um, Gareth will be um, at uh, the Manchester Arena and then uh, hot-footing it to our Satellites to studio uh, we'll be waiting for him to get all the fallout of what will happen with Tyson Fury's uh, comeback, and not only that, let's not forget Uh, Terry Flanagan will hopefully become uh, a two-weight world champion next week as he takes on Maurice Hooker. I don't think it's an easy task for him, but it should uh, be an absolute cracker uh, in Manchester. It will be. If you go into that, enjoy it. Um, We will be back next week uh, from 10 o'clock. I've got some bad news for everybody, some bad news. Next week's show is the last one for about four or five weeks. There's this little thing called the World Cup or something coming along, mate. I don't know what all that's about. So the moving is to talk sport to the Dirty Pigs. Uh, but we <laughs> will be back. We will be back for some more fight night action, all right? Every single Sunday, by the way, that TalkSport 2 show will be going on, 8 till 10, all right? Uh, but, so next week will be our last one on the, the main network, talk Sport, 10 o'clock. Make sure you come and join us. It's quite apt that it's Tyson Fury's comeback Uh, So come and join us for that. This will be available in a podcast just in case you've only just tuned in. You missed Joshua Boynton, you missed uh, Josh Kelly a little bit earlier on and you missed me and him just rabbiting on about a load of nonsense for the last two hours. But I'm led to believe it's half decent because uh, the listening figures are quite good. So make sure you go and have a little bit of a listen to it, all right? It's been an absolute pleasure. We'll catch you next week.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well?